0: walking with Jesus, serving with love, and sharing with courage. Welcome to the PCOM Podcast. Welcome back to the PCOM Podcast. This is Jeff Given. Um, just always grateful to be with you and and to get to share and to uh, to participate in this with you. Um, thanks to Courtney for um, for her continued acceptance of uh, whatever it is I bring bring to this thing, um, and thanks for her her leading in all of this and uh, and all of her um, wise and and uh, encouraging episodes. Uh, sharing with courage uh, as part of our our mission statement at pecom and um, that that's sort of ringing in my head as as I uh, begin this episode we've we've been uh, as a staff at pecom we've been um, talking a bit about vulnerability and and sort of what what are the the fruits that come from uh, when we're when we're able to be vulnerable with one another and um, and how are the ways we get hurt sometimes by being vulnerable with one another? Um, but, but it sort of struck us as a, you know, a, a good starting place. And, um, um, so that, that requires sharing with, with some courage sometimes. Um, not, not that I am a courageous person, but I'll ne- I'll need to kind of muster up, um, w- what, whatever is there to, uh, to share some, some stories with y'all. So, uh, first off, I thinking back to uh, the last episode that I did on salt, uh, mainly on salt and some some cooking and kitchen tips. Um, I need to give some props to the uh, a couple of the women in my life: my wife Stephanie and my mom Mary. Uh, so Steph was the one that sort of reminded me of um, that a few of those ideas that I have kind of put out there um, about salt and the way that I think about salt in the kitchen and how I see that um, sort of uh, that metaphor and, and how we interact with one another uh, in our lives. Um, so Steph had recently kind of reminded me of that. And she is able to to state those things in a much more clear and organized way Um, she sort of puts them together in in a really efficient way Um, and she has kind of used some of those examples and some of that encouragement to her staff so she is um, a principal at an elementary school now and um, she has has done a wonderful job um, being salt uh, to her teachers and to her parents and her students um, and, and especially with the teachers and the way that she can sort of highlight those, um, those gifts and those abilities that she sees in them and, and sort of bring out the goodness uh, that, that is already there. Um, and in the same way, um, I have uh, always seen this, this with my mom um, from when I was very young. Uh, my mom has just been such a generous uh, encourager, and not not just in a general way of sort of parently uh, encouragement of yay my kid is wonderful, um, but no she she has has always um, been able to notice and point out really specific uh, just these glimpses of gifts and and bits of goodness. That, that she could see in me uh, somehow uh, and in my brother and, and in so many others and then kind of draw those out uh, in very specific ways. Um, I, I had a, a basketball coach my sophomore year who early on in the preseason, um, before, before games started, he just said to me, and I had never had this said to me before, he just said, you are a shooter. You're an outside shooter. Jeff, you're going to work on three-point shooting because that's what you do. And I had never thought of myself in that way uh, as any kind of decent outside shooter. Um, I liked driving to the paint and getting layups, um, but he, he sort of made that claim on me and then endeavored to uh, bring it out of me and, and cultivate that in me. Uh, in In the same way, I remember my mom um clearly saying you are a writer <laughs> now uh there was there was definitely some some motherly bias happening here in what she saw uh and i know that most of what my teenage self put out there into the world was not going to have publishers just you know clawing over one another to get their hands on these masterpieces that i was writing um but her telling me You are a writer. It was an incredible encouragement to me, Um, and it was incredibly surprising to me the first time um, that she said that, because that was not at all the way that I saw myself. Um, But it was it was an encouragement to to keep going, and to not just give up on on reading and writing altogether, um, because. In my family, I was a bit of an outlier in in this regard. My parents, my brother, my grandparents, um, all incredibly gifted readers. Like, they could just fly through books. Um, While I would struggle to read more than a couple pages without getting distracted, losing focus, um, throughout my entire educational career, elementary school, junior high, high school, college, I I really only read a couple of books cover to cover. Uh, not exaggerating there. Um, and I was a history major that <laughs> did research papers. Um it it wasn't until after I graduated college that I was able to really stay with a book all the way to the end. Um and and I'm grateful to have since uh developed an incredible love of reading. Um but but it was um, so much my my mom's encouragement that um, seeing this thing in me that you are a writer, which to me also said um, you'll learn to to love reading at the same time um, that I was able to to sort of endure um, a lot of that that difficulty that I had in school. A few weeks ago on the podcast, Pastor Courtney mentioned. Uh, mention the verse from Philippians 4. It's verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's maybe a familiar one, one that is often quoted uh, out of context and used in all sorts of ways, um, both lovely ways uh, and also maybe some delusional ways. You can do all all things, all things, really? you you can do all things and it and if you can't all of a sudden do that thing, then what? Then you're not Christy enough. Uh, you didn't pray hard enough or or what um, But as Courtney so wisely pointed out, Paul isn't talking about accomplishing heroic feats here. I can do all things. That's not it. That's just not it. He's talking about enduring, enduring suffering, enduring hardship. the The doing of the thing is more like simply being, just being in, enduring, and, and through those most difficult of circumstances. And he's not doing these things or enduring these things on his own. It's not It's not a one-man job. At summer camp, let's take a detour here back in time. Uh, at summer camp, when I was maybe nine years old, uh, I can still picture this, one of the evenings... Um, rather than kind of the, the regular talk and time of worship from one of the, the leaders, we had like a special guest, um, and all of us kids were sitting in, in this sort of amphitheater space outdoors under the stars. Um, and I, I can still picture this. We had a, the, the guest speaker was this sort of karate dude, um, this, this buff wearing a, Um, a sleeveless, um, I don't even know what it's called, a sleeveless gown, robe. Uh, he had a, a blonde curly mullet, which was just awesome at the time. Uh, still awesome. And a rad mustache. Uh, and he was, he was just sort of very quietly moving around, uh, in this, this space. Um, sort of a stage and he was breathing and focusing and then smashing stacks of concrete blocks and cracking coconuts with his bare hands like real you know very hard coconuts with his bare hands and i remember him ripping a phone book in half and the whole while that he's he's doing all these incredibly um, difficult feats of strength, he's sort of rhythmically saying over and over again, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Hey yeah, I mean, this was awesome for for a nine year old. I would still probably enjoy this. This was awesome. It was a great show. Um, and and there are certainly some uh, some lessons that I'm sure are valuable there and there's some good stuff there. Um, no, no judgment. But cut to uh, that very night while I'm going to sleep on my little cot as a eight or nine year old trying to go to sleep on my little cot in our little outdoor tent under the stars and i am desperately pleading with god please 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 god help me not wet the bed <laughs> if this guy, if you can help this guy break coconuts surely Surely, God, if you can help that buff dude smash through those concrete blocks, surely you can help me avoid this shame and embarrassment. When we we turn the God of the universe, when we turn the God of the universe, the spirit of love, an overwhelming goodness that infuses all things with life and peace and joy when we when we turn that majestic source from which everything flows into when we turn god into a small gimmicky wish-granting sort of genie who uh, who just sort of picks and chooses this little God that decides to help a guy crack a coconut but ignores the child who who only wants to stay dry through the night. When we portray God as so small and petty and preferential, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do that. We we can cause harm. When we read scripture that way, when we when we share our experience of the divine in that way, we we can sadly add to the suffering of others and and add to the suffering of ourselves. And so so context matters when when we read and interpret scripture context matters when we teach it to one another and learn it for ourselves context matters Not not that we have to always get it right and get the as though there's one special perfect interpretation and 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 that's it and once we get it we don't have to think about it ever again No no but we we can learn to more and more wrestle with it to wrestle with these ideas and seek truth and to be open to questions and and share our doubts and our concerns honestly and and maybe read at least the whole chapter that we're pulling this one verse from maybe read at least that chapter to get get a bigger sense of what's going on um and this particular verse that uh that we maybe often hear this particular verse uh follows comes after the the real key to what Paul is getting at here um and uh and for some additional fun let's let's bring in the King James version on this one <clears throat> Paul Paul begins this little uh oft quoted section with this I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I love that I I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. That that alliterative uh alliterative poetry in this this translation from King James is is so great. Uh you could kind of picture you could kind of picture Paul going for some similar flourish in the original Greek. Uh I'm I'm not a Greek scholar, but um can picture picture him going for something like that, that 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 captures i know how to be a based and i know how to abound and so i can i can look back on uh the incredible difficulty i had with uh with reading thinking back to my sort of educational years um I look. I can look back on that difficulty uh, that I had with finishing school projects and research papers, and um, that that challenge that basically shadowed me throughout my education. I look. I can look back on it with actual gratitude. With gratitude, um, and that's not that's not because I was miraculously able to contain my focus enough to finally fall in love with reading. It's not because it was just sort of um, fixed and, oh, or this all made sense because this thing happened and now I learned my lesson. Um, those things do happen, by the way, to me and I know to others. But that's not always the, the way it works. It's not always so so cut and dry. Um, so, but I can look back with gratitude. I look. I can look back with gratitude because, because by God's grace, I was able to endure. I was able to endure some really frustrating circumstances. I was able to endure um, a significant amount of shame and guilt from from what I perceived as these academic failures. Because. I really was carried. I was carried through a very long season of feeling inadequate um, in this way. I was carried by teachers and professors and fellow students and my family, um, by all of these, these sources in my life who were incredibly patient with me, who worked with me, these professors that worked with me even though <clears throat> um, I literally never turned in a single assignment on time. Um, that's that sounds like hyperbole. It is not. Um, maybe there was a piece of you know daily homework that went in on time, but in terms of p- papers, assignments, research projects, again, as a history major, I literally never turned in one assignment on time. That's how much I, I struggled with these things. And these teachers, these professors, by God's grace, they were so patient with me. They worked with me. They, um, and somehow also helped instill a sense of responsibility and, um, and a, an appreciation for you know deadlines and, and stuff like that, even, even though the deadlines would move. I um, don't you know what that says about the term deadline, but um, eventually we got there. But I was, I was carried through these seasons um, by others and, and, and by God's grace. And um, I, I can look back on all of those nights as a child. I can look back on all of those nights as a child at summer camp or sleepovers. All of those nights just feeling so worried and so alone. I can look back and trust that that God's tender spirit was right there with me. I can picture those nights of that worried kid and know with all of my being that the Jesus, the Jesus who said, "Let the children come to me." that that Jesus that Jesus was holding <laughs> that Jesus was holding that sweaty awkward kid in his in his loving arms and and didn't care if that kid would wake up wet or dry and and didn't care if that kid would <laughs> would ever be able to to tear a phone book in half or crack coconuts with his bare hands. Thank goodness, <laughs> I've, I've still never gotten there. And it is it is by this uh, this gift of grace. It's by this gift of grace that I have any awareness or ability. Um, to hold my own beautiful kids, my own sweaty, sometimes infuriating children, um, that I can hold them in that same gentle and loving way. Knowing full well that Elton, she will probably be able to uh, tear a phone book in half someday. That girl is is strong. but whatever whatever she and easton do and and whoever they become i i pray they will know that the spirit of god lives in them strengthening and comforting and carrying them through all of their celebrating and all of their suffering that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them, that they can endure all things through Christ who strengthens them. And I pray the same for you. Amen? Go in peace.